we're back with season two of Page Rage. On this episode, we are heading back to Hogwarts and following our favorite wizarding trio as they navigate yet another year of Voldy, Filch, and a Whomping Willow or two. Hop on your Nimbus 2022 and join us as we rage and rave about Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. There will be spoilers as this book has literally been out for 23 years. So if you somehow haven't read or watched this adaption, we'd use the Flu Network to jump to another episode. Welcome back to Page Rage. Welcome back. <laughs> I don't know what this that I'm doing. I'm not really sure. There's a lot of shoulder, a lot of shoulder action. I don't know what's happening to me. Thanks for coming back, everybody, for another season of Rages and Raves. If this is your first time joining us, I'm Kat. I'm Ash. And this is a podcast by two bookworms all about authors and screenwriters who did us dirty with a page rave or two thrown in as well. Yes, because occasionally we do like books. More than occasionally. More than occasionally. Mm-hmm. Although I did just finish one that I, I hate, did too. So. All good. <laughs> I know we've actually been posting like crazy amount about our TBR read in stacks and piles and bookcases. Keep getting bigger and bigger and I'm getting overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I am so overwhelmed. I have... Five in my Libby app <laughs> yes. on cue. Same. And still a whole bookcase that yes. I need to read. And like 2,000 on deck ready to go. So. Oh. And I just bought like eight more because I was at the half price bookstore outlet up in upstate New York. And I just need to stop. And now I'm just really stressed about how many books I have in my house. So. Yeah, I'm taking a pass on my book of the month again next month. I was just like, I can't, I can't keep. I want to see what they myself. got. I want to see what they got. I can't. I do want to see what they have, but I just can't. I don't. I I will lose my mind. I just feel like a VIP <laughs> because you get. It sounds like we're doing a commercial. We get no money from them, by the way. They like denied <laughs> us, but anyway, I just feel like a VIP because you get them before they like come out. So I'm like, ooh, look at me. Since Net Galley declines me from everything, so. Neck alley. I got four me and more got on my neck problems. alley. We have problems. I got four more on my neck alley. I was like, <laughs> yeah. There are a few that I'm super excited to come out. I mean, there's so many, but Monroe by Cressley Cole. I have been waiting for this book for five years. She went MIA for five years. People were messaging Jenna Showalter, her friend mm-hmm. who's also an author who I also read. And she was like, she's okay. She's just going through stuff. So I, you know, we forget that there are like actually people yeah. and not machines that put out our book. Yep. So it better be amazing. And then I saw that the next book doesn't come out till 2030 and I may have to drop the series. I don't understand. That's, that's <laughs> I, eight years. That is eight years. This is not mm-hmm. like you're writing a, a giant epic fantasy. I'm assuming this is like a, a small romance novel, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. I was... I think it's like 350 pages tops or something like that. I am not. If if that's the case, I'm out. I'm like super excited for Riley. You know how I love him. He's also coming out with another book. Yeah. And an author that also has been sitting on that shelf. Same. On my same bookshelf. Yep. N.K. Jemison. I'm like really ready to dive into her. So what, what about you? What do you have? I really hope that book is good because I have literally oh. had it on my shelf since probably mid-year last year. It's, yep. Well, there's a lot. Obviously, we made a really mm-hmm. awesome Insta post if you guys haven't seen it. Um, I think it was right around New Year's where we did all of our New Year new books for 2022. So mm-hmm. definitely have a huge list of books that we're, we're both excited for there. But for me, definitely Diamond Die by Kate Quinn. You know, we're huge Kate Quinn fangirls here. So Love her. very excited for that. Um, and there's also a ton of sequels coming out that I was 
super excited for, I say was, because I just read Electric Idol and it was not great. (laughs) But other sequels like Fevered Star, which is a sequel to Black Sun, which I'm super excited about, Bloodmarked, which is a sequel to Legendborn. And then of course, Lisa Jewell has her sequel to The Family Upstairs called The Family Remains. And I can't wait. I'm very excited for that one. I even did a happy dance. You couldn't tell. So... She did. I was so excited to tell you that tidbit when I was I with her. Was so I happy. That I was like, Ashley loved that one. I really <laughs> did. It says a lot about me because that one is so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it really <laughs> Yeah, Electric Idol sucked. Yeah, I had that on my TBR list, so I might just take it off now. It's not like a, it's not like a full on rage for me. It was just okay. I really liked Neon Gods. I thought it was like mm-hmm. really fun, obviously super risque, but there was also a pretty solid plot line. Um, love the puppies <laughs> their version of the three-headed dog so cute one puppy does pop up in this book which made me happy but it was just fine you know like it wasn't mm-hmm. it just didn't have the same it didn't grab me the way the other one does like the plot was a little softer it was interesting but they could have punched it up a bit more it was eh. it was you eh. can read it it's cute but it just eh. it's getting knocked way down the list yeah. after i read reese witherspoon's book club pick lucky by marissa stapley i'm out i gave it a two and that was being generous if they again good reads half star i would have given it a 1.5 absolutely solid it was just i don't know why this was a book club pick and i'm starting to completely disregard reese's picks from now on out because i just like we do not she and i do not vibe on that wavelength no it's coming to she's very much like a hit or miss but mostly i feel like that has been misses for me with the exception of like where the crowd ads seeing which i know is also one of those books people either love it or they hate it there's like no in between but that's how most of our books are it's kind of like i either really love it or i really don't like it at all so i did not like this one at all the only lucky that i will acknowledge is the lucky santangelo by jackie collins which i am still obsessed with uh throwback to like (laughs) what 80s 90s but love her love everything about jackie collins so here for it also I was reading the series. It, the first book was called Conductors. I forgot. I think second book is called Undertakers. And I have the second book sitting on my nightstand, but uh, I wanted it to be good. And the first one wasn't great, but I, I think I'm going to read the second one because I want to see, but I'm going to give it like mm-hmm. a few hundred pages. And if I'm still forcing myself through it, I just I just won't do it. But it's it, it had potential to be so good because it's kind of like taking place right after the Civil War. The main character was like an underground railroad operative, but then there's also like magic and sorcery and everything involved. So I'm like, how is this as boring as it is? And they're solving like murder cases. So it should have been so good. And the first one just didn't do it for me, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the second one a shot. We'll see. I will let you know. Yeah. Let me know. Cause that sounded amazing. But now that I know Maybe they did not a Jim Butcher execution, situation, I don't but, know. Oh Yeah. <laughs> By the third one, it really does. Yeah, like maybe it's that situation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a go. I'll let you guys know. All right. Well, let's get into it. However, before we start this episode, have to do our little disclaimer again to make it extremely clear that while Paige Rage is obsessed, as you know, with the world of Harry Potter, we 100% support the trans community, believe that love is love, and that Black Lives Matter. So we do our best to utilize inclusive language and are actively unlearning verbiage that may be exclusionary. And we in no way condone any of the hateful rhetoric that JK was spewing and are still just really disturbed um, that 
somebody who creates such an inclusive world could still have so much ignorance about the real one that we actually live in. So with that, Kat, take it away. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets was published in July of 1998 in the UK and released the following year in the US. Harry has been waiting all summer in lockdown at the Dursleys to get back to Hogwarts when everyone's favorite house self Dobby pops in and warms him of imminent danger if he returns, which of course he does with the help of Ron and the Weasley's flying car. And what's another year at Hogwarts without mayhem around every corner. We are thrust into yet another adventure with a mysterious diary and something lurking in the castle, turning people into stone. The film version started shooting just three days after the release of the first film and was the last one to feature Richard Harris as Dumbledore. It was released to the Muggle world on November 15, 2002, and was the worldwide second highest grossing film of the year. I think it was right behind Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah I've watched One of them. I have two. It's one and it done for me. Yeah, never again. I can't, I can't ever I go can't back there. I can't use that much of my life, too. Yeah, Richard Harris, I'm still going to stand by. He was my Dumbledore. I loved him so much. I, I still stand by the fact that I don't know if he would have been able to... I think he was a good Dumbledore for the opening movies. I think once mm-hmm. we get past three, I'm not sure if he would have been the right actor for where Dumbledore went. I was fine with Dumbledore, like this, the change, because obviously... There was nothing you could do. He passed away. He died. Yeah. But it was that moment in the Goblet of Fire when he yells at him that I was like, I don't like you anymore. Dumbledore doesn't yell. That was like a whole thing I just never forgave. I was like, why are you yelling? (laughs) (laughs) He was very upset (laughs) about what was going on. (laughs) I do want to know. I've always wanted to know this question. If you could mix up a batch of Polyjuice Potion, who would you be? And why? Well, keeping it to the Harry Potter world, since that is the theme of the episode, oh, who would I want to be? I think I am Hermione, so I guess I wouldn't want to be her because I think I would be her <laughs> in there anyway. Um, I think it would be cool to be maybe like Bellatrix for a day. I don't. I knew you. Were I don't want to say that. I don't want to kill anybody, <laughs> but I just want to run around evilly giggling, you know, and just like causing like little mischievous mayhem. But I don't. I don't want to kill anybody. But I would like to definitely slide over to that side uh, for the day and just see, like, see what's going on. So what about you? I'd probably be McGonagall. I love she's her so, cool. so much. <laughs> she's so cool. <laughs> she just walks and she's just cool. <laughs> Although after rewatching this again, I think the more times you rewatch anything, the more just random nonsense you see. And her little sleeping bonnet that they put her in, I was like, that's a no-go that's a no-go for me yeah that was who i pick i love mcgonagall she just like walks in the room and everybody is like instantly like yep they're like "Uh uh-oh we're in trouble Mm -hmm. again even snape is like (laughs) sorry well thinking back since we're talking about book first thinking back to the first reading of or whatever you first read chamber of secrets Did it pick up where you thought it would? Did you expect it to be further along? I mean, we're like right back in the summer. I felt like we had just left them where it picked up. Yeah, 23 years ago. Yeah, do you remember 23 years ago? (laughs) I sure do. I remember I didn't know, because we didn't have anything like this. So I didn't know there was going to be a sequel. Mm. So we didn't have Goodreads or... We did it. We like that. <laughs> Internet. <Are you> sure? <laughs> like that. We had aim. We sure did. <laughs> so I think I just thought it was going to be like the next school year, but I never knew they were going to start back in the Dursleys. Mm-hmm. Like I, I always thought it was just going to start at the school year and go. So that was probably the only thing I didn't. I didn't think. I always think it's so funny. I mean, if you think about the way he left the Dursleys in this book, which was literally the Weasleys. Also, I hate that they don't do the full scene in the movie where it's like the Weasleys mm-hmm. are like tiptoeing through the house and just, you know, trying mm-hmm. to see what's going on. But when they leave it, you know, and Vernon is literally falling out the window, like in the movie at any rate, trying to keep Harry back in. 
And then it's like, bye, like, I'll see you <laughs> next summer. It's like, if you imagine, like, I just want to know what that's like when you like walk back up to the nurse who's, oh, hey, girl, what's up? You know, like, <laughs> what is that interaction like where they like actually let him back in the house? It's just, I can't imagine. That's so funny. Are you guys over it by Are now? Done? It's been a We're whole good, year. right? <laughs> a year. We should be way past this. Yeah. Okay. That's just so, such a weird interaction to think about. But yeah, I, I think for me, it was a little different because if I remember correctly from 20 plus years ago, the third book, the first two books were definitely out when I started reading it. And I Mm want to say the third book had maybe just dropped or was about to drop. So I remember that I read the first, like maybe three, like pretty, pretty close together. I I didn't want anything to do with it initially, which I think I said on our other podcast about Mm -hmm. this. And then it was like one of my one of the guys my mom um, was dating at the time who was like, let me take her daughter to the bookstore and, you know, woo the mother by buying her daughter books. I mean, yes, always do that. But yeah, he, mm-hmm. he had bought them for me and I just was obsessed. But I just remember that reading them so closely together. So. Back in those times, 23 years ago, Yep, life was so simple. But I guess going back to the Dursleys, that's kind of where we started. Why do you think they feel the way they do about magic? Like if this was Dudley, if this had been reversed, because let's realistically Dudley's cousin is a wizard his aunt was Mm -hmm. a was a witch so it could have happened to Dudley so how do you think they would have reacted if if it was him instead I think Petunia would have been all about it because she wanted to go Vernon I think is a (laughs) not not a big of a fan I don't think he would have liked that he just seems like very it makes me feel bad because I'm thinking of him as the actor you know and he's passed so I'm like uh, but I'm sure this man is not like that in the least Mm -hmm. but I think he's just like such a bigot I guess is the word I always got that like Dudley would have been Slytherin hardcore you know yeah but I could also see not that Dudley was smart enough to be in Slytherin but you know what I mean (laughs) he would have been Mm -hmm. but I I feel like it would have gone one of two ways with Vernon he either would have been like literally wrapped in like the Slytherin like flag you know what I mean (laughs) like woo, let's go like we are the important house, you know, just pretend mm-hmm. they have, or he would have just been just ignored it, just completely ignored it. And like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. You know, what could also be cool is I just want to see Hogwarts in 2022. Like, I want to see how the mm-hmm. wizarding world adapted. I don't know why I just sounded like I was bossing the wizarding world. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But I want to see how it adapted to everything that's happened since like the early 90s when this was going on with Harry Potter, you know, like, I want to see how does all this technology interweave with like what you can already do, things like that. So that would be really interesting to me anyway. I want to see the Elva Morning School, our school, the oh, American the school. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see America. Elva Morning. America. 2022. America. Magic. I also, I also got sorted. I was in the Thunderbird house, so I was down for that. I mean, that sounds cool. I haven't done that. But I don't really understand what that means because yeah, like, I, I don't, don't have enough info out. I don't but I'll take it because... I like Thunderbird and it was the easiest it's a great word car. To so I'm here all. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I always like love reading those Native American stories about the Thunderbirds that like take over. Oh, this is my favorite thing about Native American mythology. I'm, a, I'm about to go back on that that rampage that I was on when we did Firekeeper's Auto where I'm like, can you imagine how different our history books and everything would have been if we hadn't done what we did to Native Americans? Like if we had actually embraced that as like American culture from the beginning, like how much cooler we would all be just having like integrated all that mythology into our lives. You would be so cool. You really would be. I wish I could find that book. First time I read something about the Thunderbird and then like it gave like a very good description. It was a romance novel. <laughs> a good, <laughs> he was a shapeshifter. Oh. <laughs> but it, it, the way she described it, I had never, when I heard a Thunderbird, I just thought like a, a really big bird. Yeah. 
but the way it is, she actually describes it in the mythology. And I was like, that is so cool. I'm actually reading this series that I had never heard of. And the main character, she is part Native American, but she's a like a she's a shapeshifter, but she shifts into a coyote. And it's really interesting the way that they discuss it because they talk about like vampires and werewolves coming over from Europe to escape persecution like everybody else. But they said that the shifters, like the coyote shifters, were resistant to their magic. And so that's why they kind of were like killed out. So it's a cool concept. I digress. Back to where we currently are. Reeling it on back. Reeling it all the way back in. Let's talk about everybody's favorite house elf, Dobby. R.I.P. R.I.P. Why do you think that Dobby decided to help Harry Potter in the beginning? And do you actually think that he helped him, at least in this book? You know, I've always wondered why he did, because he didn't know Harry. He just Mm -hmm. knew him as whoever the Malfoys hated. Mm -hmm. So I never really understood why he helped him. I mean, great that he did, I guess, because maybe he thought... The enemy of the enemy is my friend kind of thing. Does he really help Harry? No. No. (laughs) Not at all. Not even a little. Not at this point. I just remember this I do remember reading and I remember being so annoyed with him. I was like, please stop. You were going to get this kid killed like by his uncle. Like, please stop. You are not helping in any capacity. In the beginning with the whole cake thing, I was like, come mm-hmm. on, man. Did we like, have to do that? This kid like, I was already having a tough home life. Like, we don't need exactly. to make it worse. Like, I was not a fan. I'm doing this for you. I was like, no, you're not. It's also kind of weird because I feel like the Malfoys had a very strange relationship with Harry because, you know, in the, in book one and even in the first movie, you see Draco trying to like bring Harry into like his circle because he's like uh, you should be with us over here because why would you be with these like heathens in the corner and so it's kind of like it's weird because obviously he ended the Dark Lord not intentionally but it's like had mm-hmm. Harry been somebody who was more inclined to go more the Slytherin way would they have just absorbed him into all this like evil plotting would Voldemort have just kind of been like look who's on my side you know it's I don't even know if the Malfoys if he was their target in the beginning because I think initially mm-hmm target was to get him basically i'm just like this all this anti-harry potter rhetoric had to have just started like recently i can't imagine it have been something like that was always happening in the malfoy household that's all i just i don't think so either because frankly in my head if i was a parent and i was just listening to my kid rant he didn't really kill the dark lord he was sitting there he was not like as a baby he like rose up and did something yeah you know so i'm like logically speaking i would just be like "Uh uh-huh sure son i know you hate him whatever but i probably wouldn't put it into account so i agree probably he probably was not their target yeah. in the beginning well i think this is the first time we actually see the burrow i don't believe we got to see it in movie one or book one correct so because this is this is the movie this is the book where that famous line about well it's not much but it's home like comes into play yeah he had never been there because when he walks in everything's like being magical yep. and that was his first time seeing magic outside of school yep so i mean i remember reading that and it was just cool to actually have an inside look at like what an actual wizarding household looks like because obviously, and it's the same for Harry. It's his first time seeing it is our first time seeing it. And I still think one of my favorite little silly parts where they were like denoming the garden, but they didn't have that in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this would have been just like a silly little thing that you could have had in there. I would have watched it. It would have been funny. And I also liked, I, I always love the the relationship Molly has with Harry. Oh where she's like screaming at her kids. And she's like, it's not your fault. It Harry, kills dear. me. It kills me every time. <laughs> Molly Weasley, man. She is a gem. But nothing is as good. I think the best moment that is in the book and the movie is Ginny running down the stairs. She's like, Mom, where's my jumper? And then she sees Harry standing there. She's like, <gasps> like her whole, like 
like it's awkward in the book. It's hilarious in the movie. It's just, it's one of my favorite little silly parts. And I also like when Molly's in the bookstore getting ready to see oh my Lockhart God. and she's like fixing her. <laughs> it's like, 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 oh, I'll just get these all signed for you. <laughs> she's like carrying them all in the bookstore and like getting shoved by other moms. It's like, <laughs> you want to square up? Like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> Like all over Lockhart, and I was like, I remember I thought he was gonna be so good oh, looking, and then too. they turned, and I was like, oh, yeah, we'll talk okay. about that when we get to the movie part because that was <laughs> something, even as a little kid, I was like, no, <laughs> like, but I will say his charisma, like, it's everything mm-hmm. is right, like, he's doing all the things that he should be as Lockhart. But I mean, speaking of Lockhart, do you think he's a malicious character of like the umbridge sort, or do you just really think he's completely obsessed with himself and just? doesn't care what happens to anyone else. Do I think he's umbridge level? No, 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 no. Just like, you know, (laughs) malicious. I put her in the malicious category. I think he's obsessed with himself. And I also think he's selfish because he just is trying to get fame and fortune. I don't think he's really like out to kill anybody, but he is out to take everything from people. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's a bad character in his own right. Like, I don't want to say evil. That feels too strong of a word, but I definitely feel like he's icky. Like, he does things just for the recognition yeah. when he tried to fix Harry's arm. Like, I, he was trying to do something good. I still get so mad at that. Like, I still get angry. It's, I'm embarrassed I'm you, so sir. embarrassed it's, for him. It's embarrassing. I don't really understand why McGonagall and Dumbledore allowed that to continue for, like, an entire year. That I don't, I really don't get. Also, mm-hmm. this was the first time I realized that Professor Binns is in none of these movies. I don't know why I've never um, noticed that before, but he's not there. Well, as we actually make it to Hogwarts this year, obviously, they get there in a very interesting way um stealing a car I, you know honestly i've never understood that scene either that's another thing that's always bothered me about this book is it's like the entire weasley family they run through the portal and obviously harry and ron cannot get through fine and then ron's instant kind of reaction is like oh no what if my parents can't get back like harry's like let's go wait for them at the car and ron's like no what if we can never they can never get out and it's like this whole thing and so they just decide to drive a car to like hogwarts i'm just like why won't you wait like 10 minutes just wait 10 minutes let the adults sort it out for once just for once i didn't understand why they didn't let all the kids go in that first. too that doesn't seem like <laughs> a weasley thing to do especially molly like yeah. she's so especially with harry she's so protective so that was that was odd that was always my question and then it's like and you didn't realize they weren't coming in on the other side right behind yeah, it you just, it's very out of character for her that doesn't seem like mm-hmm. a molly weasley maybe maybe mr weasley but molly weasley Weasley? Mm-mm. No. no, no. But I- so that was always my biggest thing. It's like you wouldn't think like, oh, where are the rest of the kids? No, I just feel like there was a lot of chaos created for that day for literally no reason. Especially the one who literally has a target on his forehead. Okay, well, once we actually make it to Hogwarts after they, you know, literally get a beat down and a smackdown from the Whomping Willow, and we're just like in the hubbub of everything going on. Obviously, Malfoy is back with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. Slytherins are totally suited and booted with their Nimbus 2500 because he now also has to be a member of the team, which I also didn't understand because I'm like, the Malfoy seem very much not background characters. Like they definitely think they have main character energy, but they don't actually want to have to do the things. They want other people to mm-hmm. do it. Malfoy really starts getting blamed for a lot, like anything that could possibly be evil or go wrong in this. It's instantly Draco, whether it's enchanting the bludgers to actually opening the chamber of secrets of course to being like the heir of slytherin that whole thing it's like harry and ron it's like instantaneous it has to be draco 
I mean, he's there, what, 12? You're like, you're giving him a lot of credit at this point, Mm -hmm. even though Hermione is kind of like, "Mm, I don't think it's him. Why do you think like Malfoy kind of leans into that and plays some of that up? Because they're 12. It's like the most obvious kid. So they're like, it's him. It's got to be him. It's got to be him. Although I did love his acting in this film more than I did eyebrows, in the first one. Raises in this yeah. <laughs> when he says that, I didn't know you could read. That was <laughs> so funny. That was really good. I I died. He improv that. Did he really? He that. Yes. I love that. I didn't know you could read. That was hilarious. <laughs> I love that part. I don't know. It's just like how they always blame Snape for everything. Yeah. It was just like the dark and dreaded person. You always expect it to be the brooding guy. I don't know. I'm like, why are there, is there no one else in this whole school that it could be other than Draco? I don't know. Yeah, you know, their worlds are so small. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously we know where things go and, you know, we see the path that like mm-hmm. Draco kind of takes, but I don't know. At this point, I just feel like nobody had really solidified who they were, <laughs> like as like pure evil or not at 12. That's what I was thinking. I was like, he's just like, you have to make him pure evil, mm-hmm. pure I was like, no, I don't think so. He, I mean, we all know kids who are like Malfoy. Like, oh, assholes absolutely. Everywhere. But that doesn't necessarily they mean that they're like serial yeah. killers, you know. Sometimes they mm-hmm. are, but not always. Since this book is the first one that really introduces us to what a squib is, even though we don't really see that, I think, in the movies until, I don't know, maybe like movie six, five or six. If mm-hmm. you had to choose, who would you rather be like and why? So Filch, who lives in a magical world but is unable to do magic. Hermione, who is muggle-born but can do magic. Harry, who is a wizard but has to live amongst muggles and can't use his magic. Or Ron, who's born in a wizarding family and obviously has grown up with magic, doesn't know a lot about the muggle world. Honestly, I would probably go for Hermione because it's just something new, so you're so exciting. Whereas if you're Ron, because I would, I was between Hermione and Ron, and Ron, you're just coming and you're like, eh, what, whatever, magic's not that big of a deal. But when you're not used to it and then you get introduced to something and you're like wow you, you appreciate it more mm-hmm. you're like more excited about it which is why I feel like Hermione does more work yeah because she's so excited she's I agree. like in this whole new world Ron could care less yeah it's just what it Harry's is Harry's always trying to survive so I mean Harry <laughs> never had a shot yeah <laughs> what about no, you I, I agree also more so from the fact that I think it's cool to be able to know about the wizarding world and also know about the muggle world. Whereas like Ron and his family, his dad, tell me the purpose of a rubber duck. <laughs> like it just kills me. His dad kills me. kills me every time. I can't. So I would like the fact that I, I could go back and forth and I could like navigate mm-hmm. through both. I don't even know what the word is. I just wouldn't want to only know the one thing. Bicultural. Yes. Which is my normal state of life. So I guess that's just my comfort zone. <laughs> It also introduces us to more of the backstory on the founders, Mm -hmm. which I really want to see something about that or read something about them. So it introduces us the true intentions of Salazar Slytherin, Mm -hmm. essentially to make Hogwarts like a school for purebloods, because why not, in his opinion? Why do you think the other founders allowed this house to be created, even if they didn't agree with it? I think that, at least from what we have in this, this particular book, I think it was almost like a, not that he was their enemy, but it was kind of like keep them close. Because what you don't want is him to go off and start a new school where that's all he's doing. And then you just have a war brewing. At least here, you're, I think, hoping that they'll still have some sort of camaraderie because they're forced to interact with people who are not Mm -hmm. like them. And so in that way, you're exposing them to the fact that, oh, even though like our parents are saying one thing, like they're actually just normal 
humans who happen to have been born to like muggle parents or, you know, whatever the case may be. So exposure therapy, I guess, if you will. I made like a whole little backstory up in my head (laughs) where they were like all childhood friends and they had to keep him in and kind of like the uh, marauders, they had to keep him in and then he turned into an asshole and they're like, ugh. But we've been friends for so long. Sally, stop being so ridiculous. Sally. <laughs> like, Look around over here. Yeah. Stop being ridiculous. We're not going to do that. You're being insane. I mean, he left Just anyway. Come on. Like, yeah. Why don't we know on. what happened? Like, what happened after he left? That's what I want to know. What did Slithy do after he slithered out of Hogwarts because he, he just... He wanted his pure blood moment. Where did he go? What did he do? Do we know? I don't think we know. I don't know. I was like, who are these people dating? Like, where are your spouses? Were you dating each other? Were there other people? Because, I mean, you've, like, progressed down the line at some point. I I don't know, but I definitely think it was probably Slithery and Helga Hufflepuff. (laughs) (laughs) In the background of all this happening, yes, we are getting little historical snippets, which is definitely interesting. It was one interesting thing about this book. But obviously, while we're here, there's all this chaos going on. People are just randomly getting petrified, starting with, like, Mrs. Norris and then leading to other, you know, students that are getting petrified. In the midst of all this, Lucius is up to, you know, doing Lucius things, as he always does, getting Dumbledore thrown out of Hogwarts, you know, part one. Like, this doesn't happen every single book. I still don't understand why you wouldn't want the most powerful wizard literally in the world at your at your school when all this is going on. What does that give Lucius by having Dumbledore removed? And I just don't I still don't understand it, because that left them all in a very I don't either, dangerous situation. Because... There was nobody, I mean, McGonagall's in charge and she's just- I mean, she's badass too, but- I mean, there wasn't like Lucius was like trying to put himself in the situation. So he just took him out for no reason. It was like, um- I didn't see the power play there. Like in this instance, I did not see it. It kind of fell flat. Yeah. That's that's how it felt. I was like, you didn't think this one out very well because you're taking him out, but not putting anybody in. I don't really understand what's happening. So I never really understood that. Also, I feel like- why Fudge keeps listening to him if he's just an employee and he like let him pushed him out? I think they were uh-uh. all just scared of him. Lucius definitely took advantage of the fact that he was in Voldy's army. Um, mm-hmm. And after Voldemort, you know, went away, we know he didn't die, but after he just scuttled away, you know, he, I think he really leaned into the fact like, oh, remember who I am and who I was. And it doesn't even seem like he was that much of a high up resource for Voldemort. He, he wasn't, him, but he wasn't like his right hand man or anything like that. So I don't know. I think he's just really leaned into that to scare people. But obviously we know he's the one who slipped the book into Ginny's, you know, mm-hmm. Ginny's cauldron and he started this whole thing, but removing Dumbledore from the castle didn't make that happen or not happen any faster. It was already happening with him there. So I just really don't understand. That was like a little circle that like she left out. Like it didn't really make sense in the book. Yeah. I mean, but also another thing that never made sense to me was Ginny with this diary to begin with. I mean, her dad has like pounded this into their head, you know, like you should, (laughs) if it's starting to talk to you, like you shouldn't be talking back to it, like inanimate objects, things like that. So I never really understood why. She really felt under the diary spell. I mean, I guess it's hard if it's your first year at Hogwarts and you're just feeling lost and you're looking for a friend or something. But 
I would be really disturbed if an inanimate object started writing back to me. I don't think I would be like, yeah, let me just keep doing this. Also, you're in school. Why do you have time to sit and talk? I have no idea. I feel like they have a lot going on at school and a lot of homework at school. So I don't really understand where all this free time came from. I'm not really sure. A lot of this could have been undone even if she had just said something to someone. Mm -hmm. Or Harry Mm -hmm. said something to the right someone because as per usual, he did not. Or Ron or any of her siblings because she had yeah. four there. I would have gone to my brother and been like, so I've been like writing this diary. And it's talking, talking back, back to me. me. <laughs> like what little kid wouldn't do that if that was happening? Like, let me share it, you know? No, like yesterday, I guess we my cup broke and I was like, I couldn't figure out. And I was like, Nicholas, my cup broke. <laughs> like, fix it fix for it. me. <laughs> it's like, help me. <laughs> That's what brothers do. Yeah, it's literally their job. <laughs> Truly. Which brings me to my favorite points. And I know we ranted about this <laughs> on the, the first book. But like, once again, you know, Harry saves the day uh, with the help of Fox, obviously. Uh, he would not have saved the day without without that phoenix so there's no shot he would have been dead absolutely it would have ended Mm -hmm. in book two um but he Mm -hmm. always gets praised as the hero gets most of the glory for defeating whatever enemy they're up against again do you think he would be successful without the help of others in this no yeah no he would have died in the first book i mean he wouldn't have even (laughs) been here yeah yeah him and ron there's no shot they would have even gotten it narrowed down to a basilisk if hermione hadn't tipped them off even though she was petrified and still doing the lord's work here when it was like the follow the spiders part no no i will never do that i will never ever do that i have a lot of concerns about that that i will talk about later that nobody seems to be Uh -uh. jumping on and i'm still unsure as to why these things were happening i never ever would have said yes to that i would have been like "Mm, Hagrid isn't always the best when it comes to things like this. I would have called in for some help at that. Correct. I would have been like McGonagall. Or why don't you go to Sprout? Who does? Wasn't she the one who was doing Care of Magical Creatures or whatever at that point? And ask her, Mm -hmm. what magical creature are giant spiders afraid of? Go to your professor who is literally specializing in magical creatures. I definitely would not have wandered into a No, I've been like, okay, reel it back in. Nope, there has to be another way. There has to be another way. I refuse. And then he was like totally fine with all of them around. And I'm like, if I would have been there, I would have been in shock. You would have had to drive me back. No, I wouldn't have been driving. I'm just as terrified as spiders. We would have been fucked. (laughs) When the spider came through the window, I was like, that's it for me. Also, in the movie, the spell that Harry did to get the spider off rod in the window where the fuck is that when he's dueling people down the road where did all those spells go why is it always explorers or stupefied okay last last question about the book and then we'll dive into some of the movie stuff but okay <laughs> so this book deals a lot with identity um we see harry struggle with why he's so similar to like the mindset of slytherin or or similar to voldemort why he can speak parcel tongue and we see dumbledore give him some pretty good advice where he's just basically like it's our choices that show who we truly are far more than our abilities. Do you think that is true? Do you think that is true of the characters that we've seen so far in the Harry Potter series? I think your choices are what make you as a person. I mean, your abilities, like Hermione's a far better wizard than any of them are. But she's she's doing good with it. Because like Voldemort is obviously also very talented, but him and Hermione did two completely different Mm -hmm. things with that talent. He tried Mm -hmm. to figure out how to take over the world. She's trying to figure out how to save her friends and make everything better. And look look at Snape. He... 
chose to be on the bad side in the beginning. And then when things went left with, he was like, absolutely not completely Mm -hmm. chose a different person and redeemed himself and made himself such a good person. And it wasn't that he was a bad person before he was just in a bad way. So he chose, he made different choices to be better. But I always think you can reflect on your choices and grow from them and change yourself Mm -hmm. for the better. I will always, I will always think that Boldy I don't know. He went way past the nah. no return when nah. he lost his nose and shit. Like he was done. But nah. could there have been a moment where he, you know, went a different direction? Of course, absolutely. But he was way too far gone. I think I think that's Snape's whole character arc is the fact that you can choose to be better and be a be great, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Oh. Jumping in into the movies. The movie. I have a lot of thoughts about this, about this movie. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> Um, I do need to say, I do need to preface though, like my biggest issue truly with this movie is like, this is the start of the horrible hair saga. Like what, <laughs> what is happening with Fred and George's hair in this? What know. is happening? Somebody please DM me and explain what is going on. Because I just see, as soon as I see this movie, I see their hair. I see Harry starting to get his little weird shaggy mm-hmm. thing that is my biggest rant mine is always Hagrid never gets enough like recognition and when that whole thing happened when they found out it wasn't him who let loose the monster why wasn't there like a whole ceremony where he could have gone back they've to Hogwarts been, and gotten a they've never let him gotten like that. a little diploma yeah. after they cleared his name I agree Justice for Hagrid they've never He's done that such an even angel. at the end of the book like Hagrid was never Ever. They never was like, here's your honorary diploma. Sorry. You know, Keys to the city. Like nothing. Wizard GED or something. No. You know, they could have done anything and they didn't give it to Hagrid. And I've never forgiven them for that because he is just such a precious, precious man. I, I mean, that's that my was, biggest issue. That was terrible. I, I do agree. But Although I do not agree with him having a giant tarantula in I also the castle. don't agree with that. I would not be cool with that. I would absolutely get him in trouble mm-hmm. for that because I would want it removed, yep. but not expelled trouble just like a yeah get this out of here trouble <laughs> like yeah. tension Hagrid, come on yeah man. it has more than four legs stop bringing it into the castle it, i can't go for more it than that. truly doesn't need to be here Mm-mm. also one of the big questions that i had about this this movie and i think this happened in the book too but when hermione fixes harry's glasses after the whole flu powder incident when he ends up also, still don't understand how he ended up in Nocturne Alley and not Diagon Alley based on what he said. Mm-hmm. Still don't get that. She fixes his glasses in public, underage, but doesn't get in trouble. But in the books, it's not her who fixes it. It's Mr. Weasley who fixes Is it? it, I believe. Yeah, that's the difference. Oh, so maybe it's just the movies then that messed up and yeah. made it a whole thing. It was one of the Weasley parents who did it. I so. just know, seeing that in the, the movie, I was like, no, but like, why didn't you get in trouble? Because I just remember mm-hmm. when Harry gets in trouble, what, in book, like, five or six, and they start listening out all of his, like, underage magic, and one of them was Dobby in his in his uncle's house. So I just, that frustrated also, me. Also, so there's, like, a whole flaw in that system, because it wasn't even him who did it. And I know. And house has such powerful magic, which they always talk about. So how are you going to do that for a 12-year-old None boy? None of that makes any He's sense. Not, I don't I don't. Nothing. It. He wasn't even in the second year yet. He had one year of magic. I, Come on. I truly don't get it. So, and let me know if you agree here, but because I just re-watched this movie and watching Harry and Ron as they are driving the magical car, and obviously they have a lot more shenanigans in the movie than they do in the books. In the book, they get there and then have the Whomping Willow situation. In the movie, it's like a whole extra thing. They're like, 
they forget to put the invisibility thing on, then it stops working. Mm-hmm. Then they like try to follow the tracks and they realize the train is right behind them. They're like, ah! and they're like freaking out that whole swan dive. I was watching that and I was literally like, this is exactly what it looked like when Kat and I were in the UK trying to drive around the <laughs> roundabout. Like our first roundabout driving in Scotland. This is actually like a true to life view of what was happening in our car because that's exactly what it was <laughs> tell me if you disagree but we were on that scene and tell me i'm not i mean no i'm not disagreeing because there was a time that we were in a roundabout for a solid three minutes because <laughs> i don't know what has happened in scotland but your signage is not very strong it, there <laughs> it also took two of us to drive because, and I say that, like, Kat was driving, yeah. but it took two brains to figure out the correct direction we were supposed to be going because it's like one person is driving, the other person is trying to, like, convert the direction we're supposed to be going <laughs> and, like, yelling at the other one, left, not your left, the other one. Like, it's like, it was so bad. And I was like, this is literally what we looked like. This was it. This was it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Absolutely. I still think about it. I'm like, sometimes... In another universe, we're still we're in a still in a roundabout. <laughs> what was worse was the second roundabout when we actually really had to pee, and then there were eight roundabouts that we had to keep going through. Yep. it was like extreme adventure, like just to get to a bathroom. It was not cute. It made me so mad. I was like, "You guys just can't have one straight." We road. had eight. <laughs> I I do not lie to you. There were eight roundabouts because there was something that was closed, and we were detoured, and we went through eight roundabouts mm-hmm. it was it was ridiculous ridiculous back to the the actual film and what actually happened although i'm telling you that was us in real life IRL. Mm-hmm. so i know your biggest rage hagrid totally fair i think that's one of my biggest rages for the entire series because he never got mm. redemption for that ever ever never, never. um gildory lockhart i know we brought this up before old gildy but i was very displeased with his casting even like i said as like a <laughs> child i was not okay I very much thought it was going to be like a Hugh Grant, like something like that, you know? And so just like watching him, I was just like, I, I didn't say, I, I was like, I would not fangirl over this man in any capacity, but I will say he was always dressed for the occasion, even the dueling outfit, which I fully appreciate. I sent some Virgo energy there with like the dress for every outfit for every mm-hmm. occasion. I did appreciate that. I mean, I think he played the part perfectly, I but I remember when it panned uh-huh. him and I remember being excited. And then, then I was like, hair, then oh, he your own, you're like, no, I was not impressed. I did not like that part. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, is this just like an American to British translation? I know we have different standards of like, what we consider to be beautiful, but... I was thinking that too. I was like, maybe this is like what older women think are attractive. I don't know. Did you think they did anything better in the film? I don't necessarily know if anything was better, but I just think this film did such a good job of truly bringing it to life because seeing it in your head and then seeing like the reaction, seeing, like you said, Snape and Lockhart's little dueling match is probably one of my favorite scenes, especially just like the way they're interacting Lockhart with his weird little sidekick mm-hmm. thing. Snape with his... I love the way that Alan Rickman moves as Snape. Because he's always like, slow, mm-hmm. slow, quick. <laughs> like something is like mm-hmm. super fast. You know, especially if he's doing something semi-violent. It's always fast. Like whenever he like smacks Harry and Ron up in the head, it's always slow, slow. <laughs> like super quick. <laughs> and in this, it's like... I think it was when he was trying to get uh, Malfoy to like come up. And so he's like slowly walking and then he does this really quick pivot. But it's yeah. just, I just love the way he moves. That scene is one of my favorites. So just watching it come to life. 
but I don't necessarily know mm-hmm. in this particular instance better. What about you? It, I mean, I've said it, I said it on the last one, just the way they bring everything to life, like from the book into, I mean, I hated <laughs> the spiders, I didn't want but any damn, of that. I didn't need that. They really made that really well. It, I hate I cringe but, every time, every time. I mean, the Whopping Willow, I definitely did not like for some reason. It just looks so awkward for me. But everything else is, they just do such a good job. Like it's really the set designers and the prop masters and everybody who goes into the tiniest detail are just so, so good. And I love that. I love that about the Harry Potter because they really just take it and times it by a thousand when they to film. I also, I think I appreciate it more since we've actually been to the studio tour and you know Mm -hmm. how much of that is real, like not CGI, but how much detail and work went into those sets. I mean, there are they are incredible. Like the sets that they have mm-hmm. that we were able to walk through were insane. So I think I just appreciate it a lot more watching it. And I'm like, Oh, we were right there. We stood there. We went through this. Mm-hmm. We went through the forbidden forest, literally like, yeah, that was, like that was peeking through our eyes. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, you know, pop out. So I just have a different appreciation for it after being there. I mean, all in all, I, st- I, I loved it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't my favorite Harry Potter book. It's not mine either. I, I still, I'm definitely one of those who was very much like, I, I always felt like the first and second were very interchangeable. I confused them all the time. But also, I think this last read and watch through, you realize how much this and Half-Blood Prince are connected just with so many themes that start here that are like answered mm-hmm. there. So that was probably the most interesting, but I know you watched the reunion. What'd you think? Loved the reunion. This is going to be a great year for Harry Potter fans. We have so many just fun things coming out uh, involving Harry Potter mm-hmm. this year, but the reunion was incredible. It was quite the way to start off 2022. Um, I think every single person that I spoke to, you included, we all cried like hysterically mm-hmm. through it. Those of it you who not have okay. not watched it, you will cry. The end mm-hmm. will gut you. Um, if if yep. you've made it through most of it without crying, the end will gut you. Because I, I had gotten myself together and then I started hysterically sobbing again. But it was just, it was so nice. It was so great to like be back in Hogwarts again because we'd actually been in those sets. I was like, I know where you are. <laughs> like we stood there missing quite a few people that I would have loved mm-hmm. to see. So that was sad, but I hope they're able to do something in the future and really get more perspective. I wish Maggie would have been there. Like Dumbledore, Maggie, Molly Weasley. Like we're missing some like key people here. And I get it. It's the middle of a pandemic. Obviously they're all older and probably not wanting to travel or, you know, just even put themselves in harm's way or any possibility of it. But it was sad not seeing them there. I'm like, could we zoom them in? Like, could, could we do something? That's what I was thinking. I was like, could you set up a camera crew in their outside of their house? Like, could we, you know, like I'm just, I'm greedy. I want more. I do. I would love to see another reunion. As soon as the, the music started, I started like yeah. sobbing. <laughs> I needed to be sedated at some God point. was judging me special. hard. Judging me hard. Uh, I was like, you just don't understand, don't understand it. Don't understand. You don't understand. My, my friend was over after New Year's and she was like, are you crying? I was like, yes. <laughs> and then she watched all the movies right after that. She was like, I got to see what's going on here. You know, we just consider them friends. Yeah. I think that's they've what been with is. us through all our yeah. lives since our childhood, right. you know, and then love. I loved seeing the three of them together again. No, so good. So I happy. love their connection. The vibes seem very good. Mm-hmm. Love all this nonsense happening with uh, Hermione and Draco. I was like, that's so interesting. I would have never gotten that from the movies, but it's interesting 
that I was like, there's mm-hmm. definitely something happened. I was like, I don't care what you say. I was like, something definitely went down, but okay. Can you guys just like, can you just get married? Me happy. Make us all Make happy. Us all happy. But no, I loved it. Very well done. Hope they do another one. Mm-hmm. I think it's the kind of thing we just all needed coming out of the past couple of years. It was just, it just yeah. made me so happy to see. I feel like they did us a favor. I think I feel like they did as well. <laughs> it was lovely. That. And it was, it was so nice. It felt like coming home, which is what Hogwarts is supposed mm-hmm. to be. So I loved it. Well, thank you for joining us for our first episode of our second season of Page Rage. As always, we want to hear from you. How did you feel about the reunion special? Did you also sob hysterically or, you know, are you a normal human? <laughs> At any rate, email us. Uh, hello pageragepodcast.com or dm us on insta at pagerage underscore podcast and of course please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast network 